Uh, I do want to bring some correction, though. Uh, I definitely could own a Mercedes if I want to. I just, I just want to clear the air. There's nothing wrong with owning a Mercedes at all. Actually, if you have one, find me at the altar. I'll be praying about it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Right. No shouting, please. This is orderly. We have to be order, order in the church. Um, and I did. I go ahead and confess. Uh, Masha and I were looking at our vehicle at one point, and we decided, uh, in unity, to name our minivan, and we called it and are calling it Ferrari. So there you have it. Welcome to 2024. This is the first service. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to present the word for the year. So I'm really stoked to just begin to uh, talk about that. I will be talking and unpacking that over the next few weeks. Matthew chapter 6. This is very familiar to everyone who's ever been in church or if you haven't been in church. This is a prayer that Jesus prayed whenever his disciples asked him to teach him how to pray. And so Matthew chapter 6 verse uh, 6, it says this, Pray then in this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Verse 13, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The word for the year is found within the context of this prayer. So the word for 2024 is influence. So let's begin to talk about what that means and what it doesn't mean. You guys ready? All right. To influence means to impact, to effect, to prompt, to exhort, to lead, to sway. In other words, to persuade. Influence is a neutral term because it indicates a person's capacity to have an effect on another person. Influence is what can move or sway someone into a desired uh, path. Influence on its own is neither negative or positive. It just is. And... Um, because it's neither negative or positive, it is something that we have to choose to be influenced or not. We are influenced regardless, but how and who and all those details, it's, it's a decision. Um, another word is, um, is that you can think of it as manipulation. And there's someone forcing you to do something that, that's, that's in a more uh, ill-motive way. Influence is the uh, ability to help move people forward. Now, if you know who John Maxwell is, very popular pastor and um, motivational speaker and a business uh, person or author, one of his uh, biggest books is The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And he says this, that the accurate measure of leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing else. So in essence, influence is tied to leadership. Leadership is not limited to a title, but it's tied with influence. A lot of times we want to influence other people and we're waiting for a position. Um, 
especially right now, the position that we want is fame. We want a platform. We want people to like our content, to share our content. We want to rave about how many followers we have. And so one of my hesitations with this word for the year was like, God, like, influencer is such a buzzword and it's really easy for us to be like, all right, our church is going to be a social influencer in 2024. Let's ready and get our media booming and, and do that. And, and even though it's, it's, you know, as an influencer, what people rally behind when you, when you talk about influence in the world is basically influencer and social media are people who have built a reputation for their knowledge and expertise on a specific topic, or at least they want you to believe that they are an expert on the topic. That's key because with chat GPT, anyone could be an expert about anything. You just know enough to not realize that you don't know enough, right? Uh, and too many young people believe that influence and fame are synonymous. They're the same thing and they are not. Influence is having the ability to effect and to persuade. Fame is about being known, right? Um, influence is about others. You're helping to move people in a particular direction. Fame is about yourself. You want to let people know that you are moving and going places. Being known does not mean you are impactful or influential. It just means that you are known. Influence outlives you because it's about legacy. Fame dies with you because it's all about you. And more importantly, someone can override your fame by becoming a little more famous than you. So fame has a shelf life. Influence is about adding value to somebody's life. Fame says it only exists if people see it. So this is where a lot of the selfies come in, right? I'm going to give something to someone, but make sure you capture it. Because if you don't capture it and I can't tell people that I did it, then I might as well have not done it. It's interesting how how it's like, well, if it's not captured, it doesn't exist. And so Spain pushes that, that people need to know and people need to see. Influence is about trusting. Influence is about getting to know people. You don't need to be influential to be famous. And you don't need to be famous to be influential. Is this resonating with anybody? There are a lot of nameless and faceless people who have influenced you. And there are a lot of nameless, faceless people that you have influenced. There are many prayers that have been prayed that have influenced you. And I think this is where, when we stop and think about where we are, our list of thankfulness should just be explosive. So then I want to talk about who has influence. Who has influence? Raise your hand if you think you have influence. One, two, three, four. Okay. So let me help us get on the same page. Um, simply put, everyone has influence. Everyone has influence. 
Don't you think that you can do things and then not impact somebody? Whatever you do will impact those around you. Guaranteed. This is why it's neutral because it could be a positive thing or a negative thing. It could be a good thing or an evil thing. Everyone has influence because everyone is influenced. Some people think that they hear straight from God and no one's influencing them. Yes, you're still being influenced. You've been influenced all your life. You've been influenced. When you realize that, then we can begin to think about those ways that we were influenced, whether it were subtle ways or, you know, um, purposeful and intentional ways. But look back in your life. Those who've influenced you the most probably never told you that they were influencing you. Like, think about it. Who had the most influence on you growing up? in good or bad ways. And did they come out and tell you, hey, I'm gonna influence you, so get ready. You don't have to announce it. You're being influenced. And people take advantage of that. And this is why there's so many lies, because lies also influence us as much as truth influences us. Influences us. So the more important question, even, even beyond who has influenced you in the past, would be who is influencing you today? Just think through who is influencing you today. What voice trumps all other voices? It doesn't have to be one. It doesn't have to be God or, or the devil. There's a lot of influences. The card that you have bought, who will influence that decision? What you think about scripture, who influenced the decision? Your theological beliefs, who influenced your conclusions? We have to understand that we are being influenced. And because we are being influenced, there are people who want to take advantage of that. And I want, I want to read Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, because it talks about the first influence, if you will, in a negative way. And by influence, by this kind of influence, it exposes something significant because it's like a pattern that we will continue to see throughout our life. And, and if we see toxic or evil influence, we don't have to partake and choose to be influenced by them. Does that make sense? Just because you know you are influenced, it doesn't mean that you have to be influenced. Does that make sense? I know it's a bit tricky because it's kind of coming your way, um, but, it, but you do have a choice. So Genesis chapter 3, verse, um, verse 1, and you know the story. Everyone knows the story. But it says the, this is the, the chapter when the one man falls, right? Um, I'm actually going to read it through. You'll have it on, on the screen too. Okay. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from every or any tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, from the tree of the, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it or touch it or you will die. 
The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. For God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from it its uh, fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. I'm not going to dive too deep into this thing, but I just want to point out a few things. The first thing is that Satan questioned God's voice. What's interesting, he did not deny God's voice. He just questioned it. Because if he said, oh, God doesn't really exist, it's easier to say, actually, he does. So it's easier to be like, but did God really say what you're saying he said? He questioned. And he influenced Eve to question what God told her. God said it, it's truth, it's fact. Now the influence is in a form of a question. And then Satan questions God's love, meaning that if God really loved you, why is he keeping this from you? Now the third thing we see is that Satan then denies God's word. He flat out says, God, you won't die. Basically, you, you won't die. You actually, you will become like God. And that's the motive is revealed with Satan. You will become like God. Because what happened to him? What did he want? He wanted to be God. He wanted to be like God. So because God kicked him out, he said, let me project what I wanted on Eve. Let me influence her. And so he's influencing her by having her question the truth that is in her. And, um, and, and, and this is the heart because Satan's own sin was that he wanted to take God's place. And now he's influencing Eve to align with him for the same thing. And so we see that he saw the tree and it was pleasant. And then she, when she saw that it was good, it was desirable. And she gave in, gave in into the influence. She gave in into the influence. I think it's a pretty clear picture how influence is not something new, but it's something that we don't think about because we are so self-reliant. Um, We're so proud. You know, someone can be deceived, but not me. I know the word of God. I can't be deceived. And that's pride saying, hey, don't worry about it. All is good. And the truth is, no, we have to be careful. We have to be on the lookout. So. So we're all influenced and we're all, um, and we are, we're all influencers. The question is not who, but how, and to what degree is that influence? Some of the things are mild, no big deal. And there are some others, some other influences that are significant. People are influenced to divorce their spouses. People are influenced to do drugs. People are influenced to cheat. People are influenced to neglect their family. People are influenced in so many negative ways to dabble in witchcraft. People are influenced to, to um, push out lies. People want to see people suffer. The world is wicked. I think we forget how wicked the world is. And there's a lot of toxic influences that are trying to grab our attention. Um, but at the end of the day, influence is something that, that we need to understand. And like I said at the beginning, that we can't look for a platform or to be in a position. We have to understand that we already have influence. And influence doesn't start with 
um, us influence some, someone. Influence actually starts with what's happening within your heart. What's happening within your heart. It starts with you. Identifying to what extent you are being influenced because our hearts are compromised. It is easy to sway our hearts. He always says that your heart is the most wicked thing. And so many times we rely on our hearts, not realizing that, that a lot of times it actually is a contributor to influence us in the way that we don't want to be influenced. Influence doesn't happen all, um, you know, quickly. A lot of times the influence is over time. So whenever I talk with Noah, this is the thing that I'm always talking with him about. And Noah's my 15 year old and be 16 this year. And so there's a lot of influences that are grab, grabbing for his attention. And my conversation in any disciplinary way, whatever he does, whatever he's listening to or looking at, this is my number one conversation with him. It is, what's wrong with this? Well, it's influence on you. Well, I don't see it immediately. That's the point. You don't need to see it immediately, but it's there. Um, it's, a good, it's a good conversation for us to have. And I've been kind of like thinking through it myself. Um, sometimes we want immediate fruit and the truth is that influence can come as a seed form and it's hidden because it hasn't taken, taken root yet, but then it does. And then you see it. And then when you see it, it's like, can you course correct? Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. So the real, the real, real thing is this is to, is to, and this is what I want to do today is for us to take a hard look and say, and not ask the question who we are influencing, but to really ask the question is who is influencing me? Who is influencing me? What is the loudest voice in my life? Because the loudest voice in your life is the voice that will have the priority. And that is what's going to steer you. Galatians 5.25, it says this, that if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Second, uh, John 16.13 says this, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak in his own um, initiative, but, who, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. So here's the answer to our influence. And here's the answer of how can we navigate life to make sure that those things that are influencing us are the things that are influencing us and are aligning with what God wants. And that is this. The deeper question is, what level of influence does the Lord have in my life? What level of influence does the Lord have in my life? How easily, how easily do we dismiss the voice of the Lord, question the voice of the Lord? How often do we go to scripture for instruction, for direction, um, for a filter? I know this is a very Christian question. Of course, the Lord has to influence me. The problem is not knowing that, that what, that's what needs to happen. And the problem is, does our daily walk reflect that? When we wake up, when we wake up, when we begin to make decisions, are we coming to the Lord first or are we relying on our own guidance? It is so easy to say, I rely on God on everything, but the reality is we 
don't, not as often as we would like. So today we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to move on our hearts so that if your heart is a heart of stone, we're going to ask the Lord to make it into a heart of flesh. Because whenever it's a heart of flesh, then it could be submitted to him and to his guidance. Right now we are influenced by what moves our heart. So if you're not convinced that this is the word of God, the word of God won't move you. If you don't have a relationship with God, he won't move you. If you're just like whatever on the Holy Spirit, that, 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 that Holy Spirit that rises up within you to, to help guide you, you will ignore that because it's a fable. It's not, it's not a practical thing that you and I do. It's like a theological. So when it comes down to Sunday and being in service, then all of those things are true. Yes, led by God, if God is good, but then come after church and come Monday, the reality hits is do we really live out? Do, are we led by the spirit or are we just led by our theology? Just the thought, the idea of something. Um, if your heart has grown cold towards people, that means that you're not reflecting God's heart. God's heart is for people. And if you plow through people, then something has influenced you to not look at humanity in the same way that God looks at humanity. Um, there's just one, one, um, one thing. But I want to um, even take it into a step deeper. <clears throat> when you and I publicly confess Jesus, give him our life, make him our Lord and our King, people will begin to look at you and look at your life even more closely. Because even though you may have influenced them and they, did, and they didn't know, but now when you say, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, God is leading me, they're going to be observing you and I more. They're going to see how do you deal with conflict. They're going to see does your confession match with your walk when things don't go your way when things are shaky do you rely on the one that you say is your king and lord and that and that becomes the thing that we don't realize that people are watching you you'll have the world watching that something happens to your life how do you respond when someone dies in your life how do you respond when you lose your job how do you respond when you're put in a in an impossible situation how do you respond well how you respond will be determined by what is your influence. If the world influences you to respond, you will respond how the world responds. If scripture influences you, if your relationship with God influences you, then you will respond differently and the world's gonna watch and be like, that is weird, why are you not, for why are you forgiving them? You have every reason to repay evil for evil. Why are you blessing them? That is so weird, you know? They show up and try to undermine you and you bless them and you pray for them. Why do you do that? Yep. You know, you've lost a child, a spouse, a friend. Why aren't you just devastated? You know, at, and all those things we don't realize, but our response reveals our true influence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we're tempted, how do we respond? Is anybody looking? You know? That is our influence, and it reveals our, our heart. So, at the end, it starts with you and I. We said, we talked about this last year, our city won't be impacted until the Christians are impacted. 
Our city won't be transformed until the Christians step into their relationship with God and are transformed on a regular basis. You cannot preach salvation to someone if you yourself do not um, walk in relationship with him. Become stale. It falls to flat ears. There's no conviction. And influence comes from a convicted heart. You can follow people based on their conviction, whether they're right or wrong. You better, they sound like they're telling the truth. They're passionate. They're charismatic. You must be right. But why? Because it's when a person is convicted of something, it's easy for people to follow and be influenced by their conviction. And too many Christians don't live based on conviction. Their conviction wavers based on where culture is and who and where I am. Where I am. Have you ever been in an environment where you behave one way and then a friend from work shows up and you kind of have to adjust how you behave? <laughs> that means that he has influence in your life to suppress. I want to display the, the fourth slide. This is the full picture of the word for the year. Influence in Asheville as it is in heaven. What would it look like if heaven influenced me and we collectively influenced Asheville? What if you and I were completely sold out to the Lord's influence to where we didn't have to think twice about who's watching us and that we would just be a conduit for heaven to touch our city. And this is where in verse 10 it says, your kingdom come, your will be done. So the influence is, and this is what it's talking about. It does heaven have your heart to influence you? Do you want your life to reflect heaven? Or are we so adjusted to life on earth that we don't even know what that looks like? So what is heaven and earth? What's the difference? And there's, there's a lot, but, but the thing is this, that the, 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 the prayer is your will be done. I love it because it identifies that God has a will. But it also identifies something else that God's will is not always done. Why is that the case? I thought God was all powerful and you're telling me that his will is not always done? Well, yeah, because if you were all powerful, you'd control everything and your will will always be done. Right? I mean, that's what we think. And God's like, I was like, so, so, so there is a will that God has, but there's also a place where God's will is not always done. So the kingdom of God comes to earth when the perfect will of God is done on earth. Um, and it's not just vaguely, but what's in heaven for it to be on earth. What's tough about this is not that God cannot force his will on humanity but it's that God has given us free will. We have our own will. So the reason that we don't see heaven and earth is because our will and God's will are at odds with one another. There's friction between our will and God's will. And we don't even realize it sometimes because if we feel a thing, it's easy to think that that's what God wants too. And the truth is no. Not always. If we give and submit our hearts to his, the only way that our will and his will aligns is that when he shapes our heart to reflect his will. 
God is never conforming to our will. He's trying to transform us and to conform us to his will because he knows everything. He has the perfect plan for you. He sees all ins and outs, but he wants to guide and lead. He doesn't just want to come and say, here you go. Now that you're a Christian, you don't have to worry about anything. No, the beautiful thing about being a Christian is that now you have the freedom to choose him every day. You have to, when you realize that you have your own will and God is inviting us to submit our will to his, I think when we do that, we will see more of the kingdom of God on display in and through our lives. This is not some fake, you know, some, some fake or you know, theoretical, you know, cool thing one day. No, this prayer is like Jesus saying, pray this way. Whatever is in heaven, let it be done on earth. What it means is that it can be done. It can be done. We have just put heaven things in heaven and earth things on earth. And God's saying, but what if you do things differently and pull from heaven to earth? But it's not about what I want. It's more like, God, what is it that you want? What is it that you're guiding and asking me to do? And are you walking and living out your full potential? Are you walking in all the things that God has already given you? Is there a battle between what you want and what God wants? Do you even know what God wants? A lot of times we're like, oh, God is my Savior. Great. But is he your friend? What is a, what is a relationship? What is a friend to you? I mean, think about it. It's someone that you can just hang out with. You don't spiritualize your relationship. You're just like, hey, I can hang out. I can just be myself. And God's like, I want that with humanity. I want that with individuals. But too many of us, we've spiritualized God and put him so far away from us, put heaven so far away from us that, that all we have is this earth. So all our influence is from this earth. So we're trying to make the best of it using earth things for earth things. Like, like, it can wreck you if you allow it. Believers who desire to do God's perfect will will still experience that battle between our desire and God's desire. It doesn't mean that you're just not Christian. It just means that you still have your will and God doesn't want to just take your will away, but he wants us to submit our will. And that takes relationship. He's doing it in relationship, not as a command, do it because now you're my son. So boom, here's the rules. No, he's like in relationship, things begin to pan out. You're going to see more and more of the kingdom of God on display through your life. The Bible says it will follow you. It's not a place of here or there. So our will and God's will are at odds and one must submit to the other. One must submit to the other. So God, because he's God, he can force us. But instead, because he's a loving God, he invites us. And this is why you have Christians on different spectrums. One will be living more like heaven. The other one just smells of hell. And you can point to your own life and be like, there was a lot of life in me that I did things my way. And I love the Lord but I allowed my free will to lead me and to influence me. So on earth as it is in heaven, if you want to bring heaven's influence into your sphere, you must first be influenced by heaven. That's where it starts. However we're influenced and are led will determine 
how we're influenced and, and led. What I mean is that however you lead, however you influence, that's going to be determined by how you are led and how you are influenced. So this is not like a gimmicky word to say, hey, uh, you know, in, in earth, you know, on, on, um, in astral as it is in heaven, just so that we can be like, hey, let's just make it. Th this, this, requires, this requires a decision on our part because we have to acknowledge that how, how many times this last year, okay? Let's think through this. If you look at 2023, how many times did you seek the Lord's will? And how many times did you do your will? What's the equation? 20% God's will, 80% your will, 5% God's will, 95% your will, 50-50. A lot of times we want to know practically how do we have heaven influence in our life? And it's simple. We got to spend time with the one that we want to be influenced by. So I want to invite you all as a church to go 21 days with Jesus starting tomorrow. This is what 21 days with Jesus is going to look like. Praying, reading, fasting. This is a way that you and I could intentionally choose to be influenced by our Savior this year. Is it in our hearts to get close to Jesus? Or are we like, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. You know, if our church is doing it, then I'll do it. But the truth is, that, do we yearn to be with him? Do we yearn for him to lead us? Do we yearn to be influenced by him? Do we really want on earth as it is in heaven? Do we really care whether astral experiences anything? That's the real question, because I can rally us up here. We can woo, woo and be like, yes, we're going to do it. And then walk away and be like, anyways. So this cannot be an emotional decision. This has to be a heart check. To a God, I really want to spend daily time with you. Now I want to invite those of you who are up for this challenge and will join us as a church to spend 21 days with Jesus, not as an add-on, but as a priority. If you know that that's what the thing that you want to do, I'd like to ask you to just rise to your feet. Beautiful. I'm going to invite the ministry team just where you are, just begin to pray for all the people who are who've stood up. You may not feel it but you're demonstrating a, a hunger and a desire not to do this mechanically, not to do it religiously, but that you really want Jesus to invade your life. You really want to know that he's leading you. You really want to be influenced and led by him. Someone asks you to just go ahead and pray, just invite him. It's where you are with the words that you have.
now as you're praying, I want to address those who may not know who Jesus is and you want to give your life to Jesus. I want to give you this opportunity, whether you're in this room, whether you're standing or sitting or you're watching. If God is convincing, convicting you of your need for him, you respond. And it's really easy to respond. You just say, God, I give you my life. I want to be yours. Accept me as I am. I lay everything down. Wash me. Jesus, save me. You can pray in your own words, but if you do it, and if that's you, please let us know. We would love to connect with you and help you with next steps. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you make yourself available to us. God, this last year, there was much more desire than action. God, we love you. I love you. And I want you to reign in my life more and more, God. God, I just, I surrender myself to you for 2024, God. I don't want to repeat the previous years. God, I want to be completely exposed to your influence. I don't want to be used by you, God. I just want to be in a deeper relationship with you. I don't want to influence people. I want to be influenced by you. God, there's so much more to relationship than our experience to this day, God. You're inviting us into something more, something deeper, something more personal, God. And I surrender to that. Holy Spirit, let your will be done, not mine. Have your way, huh, my way. God, let this not be a sermon or a message or a quote. God, let this be the posture of our hearts. Let this not be an emotional expression or pressure by those around us, God. But let our heart bleed with a desire to step in line with you. God, expose our wickedness. God, expose our pride. Bring to light, God, those things that displease you. Correct our hearts, God. Let us not spend a year doing things however it comes, God. Let us, be, do, let, let us do this year with purpose, with intent, with you at the center of it. God, I invite you, God. I invite you, God. I know there's so much more that you have for us, God, and I just give us the courage to pursue more. God, draw us to your heart. It is so easy, Lord, for us to just believe things. It's easy for us to know truths, to speak truths, 
God, but it's so hard for us to find time to spend with you and value that above all else. God, remind us that time spent praying is never wasted. Reminds the time spent with you is never in vain. God, let this not be a gimmick that we do, God. Expose our gimmicks. God, expose our flesh. Bring light to the things that you want to correct. Let this year be marked with your heavy influence in our lives. So God, I know that you give the desires of our hearts, God, and I just ask that for those of us who are hungry and eager for you, God, you invade our space, you wreck our lives, you uproot our plans for 2024. We don't know what we're gonna face. We don't know what tomorrow brings, God. Take our plans, Father, and just burn it. God, give us this breath that we can't do a day without you. We can't live without you. beautiful thing when the Lord gets a hold of our hearts. It's a beautiful thing. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how far you are from him. It doesn't matter what your sin pattern has been. Jesus wants to invade and set you free this morning. He wants to set your heart on fire again. <laughs> 